0: Hey everyone, it's Lindsay. Today I get to introduce you to a dear friend of mine, Michelle, who has been gracious enough to share her very personal and very vulnerable story with us. Michelle is incredibly dear to me. When I was 16 years old, she was my hairstylist and actually one of the first women to ever share the gospel with me. She shared God's word with me every single time I sat in her chair, and despite living my own life as a complete mess for years after, she just loved me. Michelle is a beautiful mama of one sweet boy, Landon, and is currently still doing hair while also attending seminary school. Her story will warm your heart and potentially challenge your perspective, but either way, we are so thankful for her willingness to boldly share her testimony with us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Let's listen in today with open hearts and open minds. You may not always see it, but there is a lot of sweet in every mess and in all of the mundane. Exodus 3.8 is a promise to deliver us from the brokenness of life into one filled with hope. We are here to remind you of God's faithfulness and how His love can lead you into a land flowing with milk and honey. Join us, Lindsay and Amaris, as we get raw and share practical wisdom for all things marriage, motherhood, faith, and womanhood. So grab a cup of coffee and get cozy. This is the Milk and Honey Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Milk and Honey Podcast. Today, I am here with Amaris. Hey. And our sweet guest, Michelle Martinez. Hi, guys. So we are going to dive into kind of a heavy topic today, but one that we believe is going to bring freedom and life to our listeners. Shell and I were recently having a conversation while she was dyeing my hair (laughs) purple and gray, which was my husband's request, and he loves it, and I love it. But I was so blessed, Shell, that you actually asked me if you could share your story and your testimony on our podcast And I know that abortion isn't an easy topic to discuss in general, let alone with thousands of listeners. So can you share a little bit about why you wanted to share your abortion story today?
1: I think earlier in that day, um, before you came in, I was having a conversation with two of my coworkers in the back and the topic of abortion came up. And I had one girl who has asked me about my faith. And who is very encouraged by my beliefs, whereas the other girl, she doesn't believe. And mm-hmm. I saw the stance that both of them took. Um, I just felt like the Holy Spirit come upon me. And so in that moment, I felt like the Lord gave me an opportunity to share the truth about abortion. And I guess I've never been able to do that directly. I've never had that opportunity to have that conversation. And so when you came in later that day, Lindsay, I just felt like that's something that God wanted me to do. Yeah, I do remember at one point prior to me finding healing from this, I was at a Bible study and this woman came in and she was leading the Bible study. And I didn't know her stance on abortion or her experience but she came in with a bunch of little um I guess embryos like the wow. size of babies from really tiny to the development stage from conception all the way to birth and at that time I was kind of appalled I was like who is this woman what kind of right does she have to do this and so I really had a wall up but I also felt the lord tell me you're going to talk about this. You are going to do what she does one day. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I had never shared um, my experience with anyone. It was my deep rooted secret. But since then, I have had freedom and healing from my experience. I really feel it's one of my callings to share that with other women in hopes that if someone has had an abortion, that they would know to turn to Jesus and that they don't have to be in that shame and guilt and under the lies of the enemy and that they can find hope and healing in Christ.
2: Yeah. So at this point, we are just going to let you share as much as you want with us and with all of our listeners. So we want to be sensitive to this topic. So anything that you don't want to share, just please don't feel obligated. So Michelle, can you tell us what events led up to you choosing an abortion, and what you experienced both physically and emotionally at the time?
1: I've always had faith. I've always believed in Jesus. But during this time period in my life, I wasn't walking with Christ. I had come into a lot of money, and I was seeking worldly things, um, popularity, possessions. And I think as a result of a broken heart, I found myself very rebellious. I was promiscuous. I felt my heart was broken, so I wanted to break every guy's heart out there. I was in the party scene, very social, and I met a guy, no strings attached, and... Amongst other things that I shouldn't have been doing, I found myself um, indulging in. And I would say about a couple years into it, I got to a point where I wasn't happy anymore. I knew that every time I was going out, every time I was making these choices, I didn't like who I was. I wasn't my real self. So I found myself actually stepping back into church. Um, I was going regularly and I was pulling away from this group. but there was this one clear time that I remember the guy I had been um, seeing. we kind of started fading off, but we were still friends, and he had called me one day. he was in a panic, and so... I went over to his house to see how he was, and he started sharing with me that he got an email from a girl who five years prior had an abortion, Mm -hmm. and it was with his child. And at that moment, I guess she wrote an email saying, if we had had this baby, we would have a five-year-old. And I just watched his reaction in response to all of it. I was appalled. And little did I know, two weeks later, I was going to find out that I was pregnant. I called my best friend, and um, she was the only person that I told at the time. And I just knew that I didn't want anything to do with him. Um, I didn't like who I was around him. I didn't like who he was as a person. And at that moment, I thought, who sorry, guys. No, it's okay. I don't want to bring a baby into this world and put them in a situation where I'm not ready and he's not ready. And so I called the abortion clinic. I called my closest guy friend at the time and I paid for everything. My closest guy friend drove me down. He waited while I went in and got it done. And, you know, looking back, I really went through it alone. Later on, I found out that my best female friend at the time, the only other person I told, ended up betraying me and telling mm-hmm. the father. And then I found out through other friends that the guy was just bashing me. Um, I guess there was one night I wasn't around and he asked where the baby killer was. Um, and so I had a real deep hatred for him. Mm-hmm. I never really hated anyone in my life, but I could not stand him. I, It was just like I was just this mockery.
0: Shell is truly one of the most joyful, loving people I've ever met. She just lights up any room. And I think the season of life that you went through in this period, it just stole so much of your joy. And knowing you for so long, I mean, we've known each other for almost 14 years mm-hmm. now. Yeah. During that season, when I would see you time and time again, it, it was like your light had been dimmed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like there was something stealing your joy and walking in that place of, you know, guilt and mm-hmm. shame and having the knowledge that God can redeem brings hope.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. But
0: where were you at that time? In having him call you a baby killer and, and struggling with the feelings, what were you feeling post-abortion? What kind of emotions did you have directly after and years down the line?
1: Even though I was going to church, I think the lifestyle as far as drinking, that didn't stop. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think I ever recognized my real feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I put on this tough exterior, like it doesn't bother me. He doesn't bother me. I obviously distanced myself from him and that group. And really, I didn't see the full effect of it until five years later. Mm -hmm. It was a couple years after I had my son, and I got pregnant again. It was a planned pregnancy, and I miscarried 12 weeks into the pregnancy. And so hindsight, I see how all of this relates to each other. But I think it was when I had the miscarriage that I really broke. I think there was a lot of postpartum stuff I was dealing with. I was never mad at God. I I didn't blame Him. I felt like this is what I deserve. I gave away a baby He gave to me. And now one that I want so badly, He's taken away. And at that point, I think it was the beginning can't say it was rock bottom. It was the beginning to a rock bottom because there was so much shame and guilt and anger and heartache. And I just kept masking it with the alcohol. Though I would read the Bible, I would drink and then read the Bible. So God's word wasn't clear because I wasn't sober minded. It really wasn't until I went through post-abortion Bible study that I really understood what God's Word meant. I really received God's forgiveness, and I received peace from all of it. I remember in the Bible <laughs> study, there were several different women, and the study wasn't just for women who had had an abortion, but anyone who lost a child, or there was a, one woman who she lost her childhood, And so we got to enter into this study and we got to mourn the loss of that child or multiple children, whether it was an abortion, miscarriage, a death, maybe later on in life. There was actually a woman in there who was a product of a failed abortion. She was from China. Her mom had aborted her and at the clinic, a nurse came out and heard a baby crying and found her. And obviously for reasons, couldn't keep her. And so they she dropped her off at the doorstep of um, a Christian church, and so this woman had no children herself, and she was in the class because she was seeking healing. Yeah, mm-hmm. from not being wanted. Wow. So the study was just, it was just amazing, and I, I found a lot of forgiveness in in that particular study. I understood God's word. So one of the greatest things that I found from the healing was that we had to write anger letters Mm. and forgiveness letters, ones in which if we wanted to send them to people, we could, Mm -hmm. Um, but it wasn't recommended. Yeah. But in the study, I wrote an anger letter to the father, and then I wrote a forgiveness letter to myself and to him. Mm. And I never sent either one of them out, but about two years after I wrote those letters, I received a message from him Mm -hmm. on social media in the best way he possibly could. Mm -hmm. He was making amends and he had um, apologized and he asked if I would forgive him. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was cool Mm -hmm. to experience that. Yeah. To have
0: some sort of closure. Yeah. And one thing that you mentioned was when you miscarried your baby that you had felt like almost God wasn't giving you this baby or that you didn't deserve this baby because you had aborted Mm -hmm. your baby. And someone that I know has actually struggled similarly in feeling like she won't even try to get pregnant because she feels like God has cursed her, even though she knows that is not his character, that she just believes that lie so heavily that she's terrified to even try to have a baby. What lies like that? What other lies... Did you believe post-abortion and how has God helped you to heal through those lies?
1: I think I believed every lie on top of the shame, the guilt, the doubt, the lack of worth. I mean, the enemy we know is capable of getting to every insecurity. If it's a slight thought, he's just a master at making it big and weighty on us. And I know After coming to Christ and after knowing God's character, that's not the kind of God I serve. Yes, when we're disobedient, it's not pleasing to Him, but He doesn't curse us. Mm -hmm. He promises us life and life abundantly, and He offers us forgiveness. And all we need to do is come to Him and ask for that. I think at the time for me, because I wasn't walking with the Lord, Mm -hmm. I didn't know who God said I was. Mm I didn't know who I was in Christ. Mm. So I I didn't have anything to compare it to. Mm-hmm. Because I was raised Catholic, I just knew a God of wrath. You know, I didn't I didn't know what to compare it to. I it was kind of what I was making up in my head from what I knew. Yeah. Even like I said, even going back to church, I think I was still so far from him. Mm-hmm. Clearly because I was indulging in other stuff that I wasn't hearing his word clearly. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until I went through the study that I really began to realize who God was, Mm -hmm. that he is an unchanging God, that he is a forgiving God, that he is full of grace and mercy, and that he's sovereign, and that we're all sinners, we're all broken. Mm -hmm. And nothing we do shocks him. Nothing we do makes him not like us. I mean, he (laughs) loved us. He accepted us when we were sinners. So we don't have to be perfect to come to him. Mm -hmm. And so even when I had the miscarriage, I wasn't mad at God. This is just a result of my disobedience. Mm -hmm. Okay, Michelle, kind of like a parent. Okay, well, you know what? I gave you this, but you didn't like it when I gave it to you. So now that you're asking for it, you're not going to have it. And um, that's not who God
0: is. Yeah. When you talked about, it was like your best kept secret. Mm -hmm. It was your secret. Was there a specific point that you came to when you said, I have freedom in this and I can openly tell people and I don't have to hide behind this sin or shame anymore?
1: Yeah. I think for me, after going through the study, after knowing who God was, Mm -hmm. who I was in Christ, knowing my worth, regardless of anything that I've done in the past, regardless of drinking, drugs, promiscuity, abortion, that God has forgiven me mm-hmm. and God will forgive me. Mm-hmm. And when I found that healing, and I think you could say, oh, I have to go to a study to find that healing or I have to go through a process. And that's not the case. It's seek the Lord. right? Seek his word, read his word, let it come alive in you. And so, yes, at the end of all that, For me, it was a study because it was a structured environment. But ultimately, I was in His Word. Mm -hmm. I was being filled with life. I was being filled with truth. And I was no longer bound and held by my sin. Mm -hmm. I can't recall the first time I ever shared it. and Maybe it was the exercise and the experience of sharing it in the group. And then with church congregants outside of the group, Mm -hmm. the more I speak about it, the more healing I get from it. I really encourage my mm-hmm. son who's eight to not keep anything in. And that's what the enemy wants us to do, mm-hmm. is to hold on to any little secret we have. And it just eats us away. Mm-hmm. And that's when the lies become so loud. Right. I don't even worry about it anymore. Mm-hmm. If I get to share that with a client in my chair or a coworker in the break room or whoever God you know, brings in my path, I get more healing every time I get to speak about it because no longer am I mulling over what I did, but it's what God has done in me since, in and through me. And that's powerful.
2: It is powerful. Yeah. It makes me think of that scripture that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Every time that you have shared your testimony, it has ripped away power from the enemy to exert over you, you know? Yeah. Michelle, what would you say based on your own experience to Christian women who advocate for abortion or are considering an abortion for themselves?
1: So for Christian women who advocate for abortion, I don't think they can call themselves Christians. I believe in a God who does not stand for that. And so if you claim to believe in God, but stand for something that he doesn't, that's not consistent with who he is, I would encourage them to read their word. I would encourage them to seek God and see what he's really trying to say. For those who are considering having an abortion, there's one lie you're believing is that there's freedom to choose, you have a right over your own body. But what none of those places tell you is that the minute you do it, you are in bondage. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a consequence. I've lived on this saying the last couple years that anything that brings instant gratification doesn't have long-term satisfaction or instant gratification always has a long-term negative consequence. And so Mm -hmm. You might think that, well, I'm not ready, or you don't know my situation, or whatever it is. There is going to be so much more you're going to deal with down the line. If it isn't physical from what you have to go through, it's going to be emotional, it's going to be mental, it's going to be spiritual. So to say you have the freedom to do that, sure, you do for that moment, but your end result is that you're going to be in chains somewhere. And
0: I feel like any sin is similar to that. I love what you said about teaching your son Landon to not keep secrets because there's one thing that I just recite over and over to myself is that once your sin or struggle is in the light, Satan loses his power over it Mm -hmm. because Jesus then has control over those things. And when we do things that are secretive or anything that we feel like we need to do and not tell people about, there's a reason for that. As Christians, there's conviction there. The Holy Spirit is telling us, you're not walking in my will. You're not following my Mm -hmm. will. And when we fight that and battle that, I believe that's where Satan just deceives and distracts, destroys our walk. He destroys our faith because we ourselves get in the way Mm -hmm. of God's will because we say, no, I have a right over my body. I have a choice over these things. And God is saying, I am not trying to keep you from good things. Mm -hmm. I am trying to save you from deception and destruction in your life. I am trying to bring you and offer you complete freedom Mm -hmm. in myself. I am not a God who hates sin because it brings you joy. Mm -hmm. I am a God who hates sin because I love you so much that I want to keep you from it. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think of Oprah. My husband just recently told me this. There is this movement of shout your abortion and you're supposed to shout your abortion from the rooftops in person pride of what you've mm-hmm. done. And so many women that I have talked to, and I shared this with you, Shell, they've come to me and they said, how can you compare abortion to mass genocide? And I respond with, how can you not? Mm-hmm. It's 1.6 billion babies mm-hmm. have been killed since 1980. And all that they usually can say in response is, it's my body, it's my right. And just as the slaves were not considered human, just as the Jews were not considered human, now the babies with all of these new laws passing are not being considered human. And it's devastating. It's heartbreaking. These are lives, just like this woman who God saved her from Mm -hmm. being aborted. And she has a story to tell and she has a life to live. And These women who are able to kill these babies coming out of their birth canal Mm -hmm. because they're not fully out, and yet it would be considered murder two minutes later, Mm -hmm. is just baffling to me. But like you said, it is in God's word. He wants to protect. He wants this life. And there are so many adoptive families who would just willingly and graciously take this baby under their wing. Personally, I don't believe it is a question of this is my body because this is another life mm-hmm. that you are impacting and changing. And you now have the freedom to bless another family if that isn't mm-hmm. a baby that you want. But with all of that said, God heals yes. and God redeems and God restores. Yes. And there is so much sin that all of us, myself, Amorous, and Shell, mm-hmm. that we could talk about for days, <laughs> that God has completely restored in our lives and there is freedom that has come from that where there was bondage before and brokenness before he has completely restored our hearts so shell my last question is what would you say to these women who are shouting their abortions from the rooftop that they feel like this is something that they have to celebrate in order to feel okay about their decision
1: i would encourage them To fall on their knees Mm -hmm. and cry out to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Because that's where the only healing is. Mm -hmm. Once again, standing on a rooftop, shouting out in pride might make you feel better in the moment but you're not seeking the one and that being Jesus to come in and to do that healing for you mm-hmm. and we know that God's ways are always opposite of the world's ways so i would tell them if they want true healing they need to be on their hands and knees before the lord mm-hmm. asking god for forgiveness. And it's not a place of judgment. Mm-hmm. It's not a place of begging. It's a place of humility, mm-hmm. saying, Lord, my heart is broken. I'm sorry I did this. Come into my life and free me from this. But I can guarantee you that it's just a temporary solution. And really, it's the pride that they're walking in that's keeping them strong. hmm um, but that's bound to break, and somewhere down the line, they're going to see the effects. So my heart is for women who have had an abortion, that they would find hope and healing in Jesus Christ. And prior to me finding that, I was pro-choice. And because I had the, the shame, the lies from the enemy, the shame, the guilt, I couldn't stand on the other side. And so I was just another number added to the pro-choice population. But since I've had that healing, I've crossed over and I don't stand on the pro-life side to judge, Mm -hmm. to make anyone feel less than. Um, I stand there as an intercessory prayer warrior Mm -hmm. to pray for women who are broken, Mm -hmm. to pray for women who need to find that healing, to bring that population of people to the table and say, these are women we need to pray for too. A couple weeks ago, we were praying for the HB51 bill and everyone had a prayer, but they left out the group of women who have had it. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to raise those women up. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to love on them. And I think we need to point them to Jesus Mm -hmm. in hopes that they would find healing and that they would experience the restoration. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you so
0: much, Shal, for sharing your story and for your willingness to be so vulnerable. Like I said at the beginning, this is not an easy topic to address, let alone with so many people listening and hearing your story. But I genuinely know and believe that your heart is for the lord and that your desire is just to see healing in them and so thank you so much for caring enough and loving our listeners enough to share i just want to read a couple verses off to you all that i pray will encourage you and inspire you to take action and advocate for these sweet babies so psalm 139 13 through 16 says for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And lastly, Jeremiah 1, five. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. As we close out today, I just want to speak to the women who have gone through an abortion, and who are struggling with shame or regret or brokenness and remind you of who Jesus is. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He washed us clean. He made us completely new. And in that, we can have peace. We do not have to live in the bondage that the enemy places on us because of past decisions. Your sweet babies are in heaven they're in heaven and God is taking care of them and they don't have to walk through the pains and the trials of this life. And I know that that may not heal and that may not even make it easier for you. But the fact that Christ died for your sin allows you to forgive yourself because he has forgiven you and there is peace in that. There is the freedom to walk forward, encouraging and counseling other women in the way that God has encouraged and counseled you through this. And we want to encourage you to tell your story. Don't be ashamed. Don't live in condemnation. Live in freedom. Remember that when your sin is in the light, Satan loses his power over it. And God has forgiven you. He loves you. And you can then forgive yourself. Paul in the Bible murdered Christians. And what did he say when he came to know Christ? In 1 Timothy 1.13, he says, Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. When we're not walking with the Lord, we are blind. And in that blindness, we make decisions. But your sin is no greater than my sin. And abortion is no greater than my pride or my selfishness. So do not categorize it in the way that the world categorizes it. Know the heaviness of it in protecting women from that decision in the future, but do not condemn yourself. We love you guys. We thank you as always for listening, and we're always praying for you. If you enjoyed this episode, you might also like episode one, More Than Our Mess, episode three, Do You Settle For Less Than Good, and episode 18, How To Know If You Have A Rotting Heart. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of the Milk and Honey Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a second to visit our page on iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. It would mean so much to us. Your review helps the show to be found by other women like you. And it also helps us to continuously grow and become better as a podcast. For a daily pick-me-up, follow me, Lindsay, on Instagram at Sparrows and Lily and Amorous at Amorous Beecher. Tune in next week for more laughter, fun, hope, and encouragement. Bye, guys.